Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 779. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Dana Newquist. Hey, Dana, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, I'm ready to go. All right. Dana Newquist is the president of the Santa Barbara AACA Region's Antique Automobile Club of America. His is a lifetime of automotive enthusiasm that began when just prior to graduating from high school back in 1965. Dana purchased a rusty old 1957 Chevy 152 door. It was the first of hundreds of cars, first fast, later slow, and his passion for cars has led to a collection of 16 motor cars today, mostly pre-war American of various marks. Dana's involvement with the AACA has helped him make connections and affiliations with museums, and he's a board member of the Murphy Automotive Museum. He's helped chair and organize local car shows, and he currently co-chairs the Montecito Motor Classics, and Father's Day show at the Santa Barbara Club that takes place annually. So Dana, I have told our listeners just a little tiny bit about you and your enthusiasm. Would you take a moment to share a little bit more about your passion for automobiles? Of course, Mark. I like to think of myself as kind of an amateur historian. So working with old cars, and I started out with what I thought were fast cars, I had a series of Corvettes, my first one being a 54, which I got from a guy up in Solvang. My actual first Corvette was a 63, 340 horse uh, convertible. So anyway, I had that car for a number of years, and after that I bought a 62 fuel car, which I used for shows. It was a very nice car, and I enjoyed that for about 10 years. And I had a, a series of other uh, cars. I had a, a split window, and I had a 78 silver anniversary car, and da 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 So I had a series of Corvettes, which I really loved. And then, for some reason, um, I jumped back, and uh, I happened to see a 1928 Marmon Indy Pace car. Oh, my. It was kind of a chicken coop, but it was all there. It was in Canada. I made a deal on it, had it shipped to uh, Santa Barbara, and I spent a couple of years in the restoration of that. I sold it subsequently, and I see it online all over the place being shown at different shows. It's a fairly well-known car. Yeah. And uh, since my my Marmon days, uh, I, I kind of drifted over to, to Pierce Arrows, and I've had several of those. I've got two right now, a, a 34 Pierce Arrow 840 Coupe, and a 28 Pierce Arrow Judkins Cabriolet. It's a beautiful car that was owned first by uh, Louis B. Mayer. Oh, my gosh. It's a great car. And I've had a, you know, I've had got a couple locomobiles. I've got a Stanley Steamer. I've got a Cadillac, a couple of Franklins, fire truck. And oh, my gosh. A smattering, smattering <laughs> of other things. Anyway, they keep they keep me busy. Well, I can't even imagine. Oh, my gosh. And our mutual friend, Steve Ford, who's a past Cars, yeah, I guess, recommended you and said, oh, you've got to talk to Dana. He's just incredible. So 
As we continue on your journey here today, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of a saying that has some great meaning to you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Dana, take the wheel. You know, the ability to to work with, especially the older cars now, that's kind of where my passion has gone. And I like to use all these cars. Mm-hmm. They were meant to be driven, and especially an old car, if you jump back into the teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, you know that if you don't use them, seals dry out, then you got bigger problems. So I use mine uh, all the time. And usually uh, I've got a few cars down at the Murphy Auto Museum. And what I'll do is I'll drive one of my cars from my garage or my facility and down to the Murphy and I'll swap it out for another one, drive it back. But what I found out is a lot of nonprofits, and there's more nonprofits in this town than there are rattlesnakes. <laughs> and uh, well, there's probably 2,000 nonprofits. One of the favorite themes for some of these nonprofits is a Gatsby theme mm-hmm. or a gangster theme or whatever. And oftentimes I get a phone call and say, Would you lend one of your cars for our event? And I almost always give them a yes, and uh, then I get to get dressed up, and I go to (laughs) the event, and I probably have more fun than anybody. Well, I think it's really cool that you drive your cars, because Garage Queens, uh, boring. But more importantly here is that you share them, just like you're sharing your time with us today here on Cars, yeah? And that's a key thing, I think. People that take their cars to events, they put them in museums, they take them to Encore events, they race them, they drive them on the street. That means they're sharing. And that's how we keep this hobby going, especially with younger people, for them to see these vehicles and go, what was that, Mom? And, well, that's a Pierce Arrow. Let me tell you, your grandmother had one of those. So uh, we're very appreciative that you do that, Dana, very, very much. Well, let's go back in time. I'd love for you to share a story that instigated your passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment when you look back on your life and you realize that you were indeed a car guy? Well, yeah, I was probably nine or maybe 10, somewhere in there. and. My brother had turned 16. He had a bunch of buddies. He had bought a real clunker. It was like a 40 Plymouth four-door. And the car was tired. Engine was shot. And these guys decided that they were going to swap engines, put a different engine and transmission in this Plymouth. And so I asked if I could help. Well, I was really no help other than, you know, somebody said, I need a screwdriver. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I ran and I gave him a screwdriver. Give me a 916 open end. I go get it. And uh, so, you know, not only did I learn a little bit about mechanics, but also tools. And um, I watched these guys do their operation, their swap. And I became very excited about that. So I thought, ah, someday I'm going to have my own car and I'm going to be able to do do, uh, a similar thing. And that is something I did uh, with my 57 uh, 150. I was in college and I took the tired old two-barrel 283 out of it, put a 327 in it with a four-speed, and I thought I was hot stuff. <laughs> anyway, I had a big set of headers on it and it roared. I, I decided uh, to put slicks on it, you know, and it was the typical kind of light blue, kind of blue-green. I forget what they 
turquoise type color mm-hmm. and uh it was uh it wasn't a screamer by any means but i thought it was cool and that's where i got my start on this well, that's where a lot of people get their start in the garage with older brothers fathers grandfathers or yeah. the guy down the street so very nice well dana what i want to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way this could be in life or in your career but of course the most important part of this question is what did it teach you so tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your life well probably starting in college you know i went uh i went from I, I moved from Chicago to Riverside, and I wasn't really interested in school that much. I was one of seven kids, and the draft was going, the Vietnam War was going, and because of my grades in high school, I was I was not real college material, so I came to Riverside. My sister was living here or there, so I... Uh, enrolled in a city college, Riverside City College, and I found out that I was probably two to three years ahead of most of these kids out here in California. Wow. So my first year, I just kind of breezed through, and then second year, I joined a local fraternity, and I went from the dean's uh, honor list to his sheep list pretty quickly. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And uh, and part of that was instead of reading books, I was reading Coors cans. And uh, yeah, alcohol got me in trouble. Uh, I got a couple DUIs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so about 40 years ago, um, I decided to quit drinking because I had a problem with it. And uh, that was my single best decision I think I've ever made. And uh, since then... I've been able to excel in a series of businesses. I've been, I had one of the first computer stores in Santa Barbara in 1981. Uh, I worked for a pharmaceutical company, ER Squibb and Sons, before that. Then I had a series of stores here on the Central Coast, computer stores. Mm-hmm. Sold those in 85 and decided to um, get into the video rental business. So I did that in 86 had some video stores here on the Central Coast, sold that, decided uh, I had met President Reagan and uh, knew him very well and, and his family, Wow, most of his family. So um, I saw a real need in the Alzheimer business, hmm. and uh, so I decided to open an Alzheimer's facility in 1996, and I've been in that uh, business ever since. In fact, I'm calling from... Mission Villa in Santa Barbara, which is an Alzheimer's facility. What a distinguished entrepreneurial career. And thank you for taking us to a really personal time in your life when you challenged and then moving forward and overcoming that. And the facilities that uh, you provide and the care you provide for patients for such a dreadful disease is certainly noble, and we thank you for that. And I wondered, if, as far as a takeaway here, for those listeners out there that might be struggling with alcohol or have a family or friend member struggling with alcohol, what's one tip you could provide them to help them kind of get past that and move forward and become more successful in life? Well, I think with any kind of disease or problem, the biggest problem you've got to overcome is you've got to acknowledge that there is a problem. Mm, Most alcoholics that I've known tell me uh, or have told me that ah, they don't have a problem. Right. You know, while they're consuming a quart of gin. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, 
You know, but that that's the single biggest thing. Well, my bell got rung when when I was locked up for the second time. Mm. And this was down after a wedding in Pasadena. I got locked up in L.A. County Jail. And uh, that was a very nasty experience. Yeah. So I decided, hey, I don't need this anymore. And I, I gave up. Let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a career or life aha moment. Now, it sounds like you had a lot of them because you moved through the tide of technology going from one thing that was hot and positive to the next that became hot and positive. And, and of course, with Alzheimer's, with so many people dealing with that disease and aging population and so forth. So tell us about your career aha moment, at least the one that really stands out for you. Um, well, you know, I've been very fortunate, very blessed. I've met some unbelievable people in the computer business. I used to lunch with uh, Jobs and Wozniak and Markala. And wow. Knew uh, Adam Osborne fairly well. My first salesman for Microsoft, which was uh, a no-name in 1982 when uh, the IBM PC came out, was... Um, Bill Gates, he was my oh, salesman, and he didn't—he <laughs> didn't mean anything to me at the time, and uh, you know. And then I watched his career just go orbital, and then uh, uh, my next door neighbor is Kirk Douglas. I've had a very close relationship with him. Wow! And all the great work that he's done with uh, Alzheimer patients. So. I've been very blessed with a number of people and getting back into the automotive world about a year and a half ago, maybe two years now, almost two years now. I saw a Stanley Steamer online, or not not online actually, uh, in Hemmings Motor News, and that's something you don't see very often. So I called uh, the gentleman who was in New Jersey about his car, and I didn't know squat about uh, a Stanley Steamer. So, but I was very curious and I asked him, I called him probably a dozen times. He was going crazy with my phone calls <laughs> and questions. And so I had met Jay Leno on a, on a number of occasions, not that we were buddies or anything, but I decided to buy this Stanley Steamer. So I wrote Jay a letter and I said, Jay, I'm getting this Stanley Steamer and I don't know anything about a Stanley Steamer. Can you help me out? So uh, maybe a week later, I get a phone call. I'm at dinner with my wife, and he calls me, and he says, Dana, what do you need? He says, I got your letter here. And I said, Jay, I don't know anything about a Stanley Steamer. It's being delivered this Friday at the Murphy Auto Museum, and I need your help to get this thing started. <laughs> and he said, well, I'll be at the Barrett-Jackson auction on Friday, this coming Friday. And he says, if it helps you out, why don't you trailer it down to the big dog garage? I'll meet you there about 1030 on Saturday. I'll fly back and I'll get a few guys together and we'll see what we can do. Holy cow. Wow. So sure enough, uh, I trailed it, it down there. He had about six guys down there. Anyway, so after about an hour, we got the thing fired up and Jay drove it first and he thought it was a very great Stanley. Um, it needed some deferred maintenance, which I've done. Mm -hmm. But then uh, he turned it over to me. I drove it. It was a very, very unusual, unconventional kind of experience driving that. But lots of power. And, uh, you know, it sounds like a locomotive. 
Anyway, so I've had a lot of fun with the Stanley Steamer, and having done the Montecito Motor Classic, uh, I got to know uh, Ed Escandarian, uh, Barry McGuire, uh, and a, a number of great people um, through that experience. How cool. How cool. Well, I'm hoping I can get Jay Leno on this show someday. I'm trying, but uh, Ed Iskey is going to be an upcoming guest here. Barry McGuire has been a guest here. So uh, we're all in good company, all of us car guys, for sure. How about your proudest business or career moment? I would assume you've had many. You've had so many successes, but is there one that really stands out for you? Uh, perhaps. Um, just uh, a knee-jerk reflection on that would be... Um, we started something here in, on the Central Coast. We have a, I'm on the board of the Alzheimer's Association here locally, and we have something that we started a few years ago called the Women's Initiative. The Women's Initiative basically um, is an educational thing. We have a luncheon every year. It started out with 300, mostly women, then it jumped to 500 women. Last year was 700 women, and the CEO of the Alzheimer's Association asked if we could get Kirk and Ann Douglas involved. And so I asked them, and they said they would. There were some health issues at the problem. This was in November of last year. And so they asked if I could do a presentation on their behalf. And uh, there was an award given to Ann and Kirk for their uh, participation and help in uh, uh, Alzheimer's disease. So I actually gave that award to my wife who received it on Anne's behalf. Nice. And, uh, you know, that was between, uh, 700 peers, people. And, uh, it was, it was a nice setting. It was, uh, very heartfelt. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's go back in time and talk about your first really special car. Now you've had lots of cars and that first car, which that 57, which was Probably a lot of fun for you, but maybe not your first special car. Can you take us and share a memory with what your first special car was? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I would, I'm going to jump to something that happened fairly recently. Yeah, I've had lots of cars. And uh, I've had unique experiences with each one. Some I've totally restored, some not. And oftentimes the ones that I've restored... You know, they, they hold a special place because I spent, you know, hundreds of hours and I did a lot of the work myself. But this one car, I'm going to call one of the very first hot rods. And uh, the story is uh, Bill Swanson, who became a friend, uh, he's gone now. But he uh, he and I became friends because about five years ago, I bought a 1928 locomobile Victoria Coupe. Oh, wow. And it was a nice car. It had been kind of a barn find. So I resurrected that car, and he learned through a mutual friend that I had the car. And so he said, hey, we got to get together. And at the time, Bill had been an AACA member, but he probably dropped out about 10, 15 years ago. And I, I really didn't know him. I knew of him. And he had a locomobile parked in his garage. So we got together, and this goes back five or six years. And what he had done is he started out with a locomobile, a 26 locomobile 
Roadster, which was donated to the Santa Barbara Junior High in 1930. Wow. Now, the Junior High used that car to teach students uh, stick shift. Hmm. Now, when uh, column shift came into popularity, let's say just before World War II, they took the uh, locomobile, they put it outside, and that's where it sat until Bill bought it for $150 <laughs> in 1974. Yeah. Okay, and I've got pictures of it, and it was very nasty. Yeah. So, anyway, he started a 20-year restoration of that car, and he, t- he kept, obviously, uh, the only thing that were uh, salvageable were engine trans uh, and frame and wheels. The rest of it was gone. So what he did is he had seen the movie Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He wanted the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Obviously, that was not attainable. So he uh, built a 1906 replica of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang on using this 1926 mechanics, mechanicals. Wow, that's fun. So anyway, he, at the time, he had problems. He couldn't get the car started, and this guy's an engineer. And I thought, I said, Bill, it's got to be pretty simple. It's either uh, electrical or fuel. And I said, you know, if you want me to, I'll help you with it. He says, no, nah, no, nah, I'll get to it. So anyway, he never did. And uh, two years ago, he died. Mm. So I was at a Cars and Coffee, and a woman came up to me and said, Are you Dana? And I said, Yeah. And she said, Well, my name is Gail, and my father was Bill Swanson. Mm. And I said, Oh. And she said, My dad died. And I said, Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, And she said, But... He wanted you to have his locomobile. Oh, how cool. (laughs) So, and this guy was, uh, you know, a typical engineer. He had logged every single part that he bought for this car, and it's in a a manual. So every part that he bought for this car, starting in 1974, and then he had, he carried over the, the expenditures in another column, so he bought the car for 150 and in 1993 was the first time he, he drove the car. And his total outlay in, in parts and materials was $6,300. But it is spectacular. Wow. So I take that car up to uh, Pebble Beach, and um, I put it in the Mission Show over there, which is relatively uh-huh. new. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> it, it gets on the front cover of the Pinecone uh, newspaper, and, I mean, the, the car just gets mobbed. And, and I usually go up there with a complete goggle uniform with a uh, duster and the whole shot, you know. Yeah. And uh, so it gets a lot of attention. Absolutely. Anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's really a thrill to drive that car. I'll bet. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, one of my favorite movies. The book was the first real book my parents ever bought me when I was a little kid. Of course, written by Ian Fleming of 007 James it was. Bond fans. So, uh, and I've seen your vehicle. It is spectacular. One of these days, you're going to have to give me a ride. That would be a uh, dream, childhood dream come true to ride in a, a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang inspired car. So that would be really now, fun. How would you have seen my car? 
at the show that you entered in up there during Mo- oh, Car Week. You were there. I've been there for the last 28 years in a row. Yes, I have. Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, we have kind of met then. Probably. <laughs> Probably. You meet a lot of people during Car Week in Monterey, Carmel. Oh, you Devil do. Beach. Yeah. You really do. A lot of friends up there. Well, how about Seller's Remorse? Is there a car you've let go? And you've probably let go a lot of them. But is there one you can single out as a car you wish you had back? Oh, absolutely. Well, I could could probably tell you a couple dozen I'd like to have back. (laughs) Well, we only have time for one. Yeah, I know. There was a very sweet car, which was a 25 Model 33. It was a custom-built Durham uh, car. It was a Pierce Arrow 25. Cabriolet. It was really a one-off. It was custom-built for a doctor in Pennsylvania. And this car was spectacular. It had been restored in the 70s, but done to a very high standard. And it had been kept in a garage all that time. It was owned by a guy in uh, uh, San Inez. I saw the car. He had a little automotive museum. I saw the car, and I bugged Bugged him and bugged him for years. He was getting up there in age. Actually, he's from uh, your area. Oh. So, but he's got a ranch down here in San Inez and, and property. So, anyway, um, he and I could not settle on a price that I thought it was worth. And I just kept on going back and forth. And we became friends. And he relinquished one day and we settled on a price. Anyway, so he sold me the car. I had it. For a number of years, then I got into some other projects, and really the the project that had me sell the uh, 25 was a 34 Pier Zero Coupe, Mm. and I really liked that car. I liked the lines. It was extremely rare. Anyway, I sold that car at Hershey. Oh, I see. And I wish I had it back. Yeah, we all have those stories. You just probably have more than most of us. So, well, let's talk about today and tomorrow and what has you excited this year. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about the Montecito Motor Classic. It's a car show that takes place in September, I believe. And then there's the Father's Day show. And, of course, uh, your involvement with the Murphy Museum and so forth. So what has you excited today about cars? Uh, As far as my commitments in the uh, antique automobile world, sure, I'm I'm excited about the Montecito Motor Classic, which is September 24th this year. We're going to honor a longtime supporter in uh, Michael Hammer Mm -hmm. and and his car collection. So um, that's coming up, and I'm working hard to get that all organized, uh, the Father's Day um, car show of the Santa Barbara Club is coming up also. And uh, we've got a car rally. I've been working with David Neal on down at the Murphy Auto Museum. Uh, we've got a rally coming up, which is something we started a couple years ago. It's the Memorial Rally. And George Barris is going to be our memorialized car guy. And Nice. Yeah. Joe G. Barris is a friend that's her, his daughter. And so that's coming up uh, October 22nd. Wow. And we usually have about 40 cars in, in that car rally. You're a busy guy. Sounds great. And I understand also you guys, the Montecito Motor Classic will be celebrating, is it uh, seven decades of the Ferrari this year? Exactly. Seven decades of Ferrari and, and five decades of the Camaro. Nice. Nice. Well, here's a very yep. introspective question for you, Dana. If you were a car, what kind of car would Dana be? 
and why? Oh, I'd have to be up here, Zero. <laughs> of course. Of course. I'd have to be. You know, for some reason, I decided I would get into a marquee that I really like, whereby parts are impossible to find. <laughs> that sounds crazy, but I want I like things that are one-off, yeah. unusual, got a great history or whatever. So, And the Pierces always have some kind of great history back there. You, know, you had to be of means to get a Pierce Arrow, to buy a Pierce Arrow, especially in the Depression. Yes. Nobody had money. Pierce Arrows were expensive. And a lot of people thought, gosh, I can't buy a Pierce Arrow because I will look snobby driving that thing when mm. nobody else even has enough money for a loaf of bread. You probably know this, but in 1929, uh, when the Depression hit, there were 1,940 different car manufacturers or assemblers. And within 10 years, there were fewer than 100. So it tells you a little bit about the attrition that the Depression made on uh, the automotive industry and so many others. Absolutely. Being Piercero and those unobtainium parts, I've got to introduce you to a past guest, Bill Hahn, who's a restorer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know Bill with HV yeah, 3D yeah. Works? Yeah, definitely a guy to know when you need to have those uh, unobtainium parts made. So yep. great guy. He's a past guest here on Cars, yeah. Well, Dana, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars, yeah sponsors. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. Okay, Dana, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? On a particular car that I was going to buy, I was told, don't buy it. 
You know, I've been invited by so many friends to go along when they're looking at collector cars to buy, and their words are, Mark, talk me out of this. <laughs> so you know, and there's so many, uh, so many reasons to or not to buy. Yeah, it's a tough one for anyway, sure. But do your diligence. <laughs> okay, there you go. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has helped contribute to your successes over the years? Yeah, just uh, be tenacious. You know, if you decide to get into something, be tenacious. Follow through. Get it done. Yeah, those are the true signs of an entrepreneur, which you certainly fit that description. Now, how about a resource? There are tons of great resources out there, but is there one in particular you'd like to share with the Carsey audience? I think the best resource you could have, regardless um, of the mark that you like, uh, if you get into, let's say, uh, a club like AACA, which is the Antique Automobile Club of America, You've got a huge uh, resource there. I don't care if you've got a Studebaker, a Hudson, a Pierce Arrow, a Packard, or whatever. And you can get a ton of information on your car and help. And then if you want to get even more specific, you join that particular club. I mean, all all these car clubs have, Marks have car clubs. So I'm actually a member of about 10 different Marks. Wow. And I get their newsletters, and uh, those have helped me along the way, especially getting parts and information. Absolutely. Now, if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive field or industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Louis B. Mayer. <laughs> that would be interesting, wouldn't it? It sure would. Because of my Pierce Arrow, you know, I've done a study on him, and he was a car guy. He loved cars. So, you know, and obviously he met some of the most luminary people uh, on stage that you could think of and in movies. So yeah, that would be an interesting drink. Uh, most definitely. But I'd have uh, Perrier. There you go. Wise man. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read recently you think our listeners would enjoy? Absolutely. There's one called When We Went First Class. That's kind of a historical account done by a woman who was born in 1905, and it's kind of departmentalized. She talks about her different experiences, and one of those chapters is about the cars that she rode in and drove. Ah. So one of her first experiences, she was um, born into the Quaker Oat family, Mm -hmm. so they had money. And so in the winters, they would travel to Santa Barbara. And in the summers, they would either go to Europe or, or other places. But her descriptions of the cars and her experiences, like the earthquake in San Francisco and World War II and so forth, it's a historical account. And uh, she's deceased now, but uh, she really paints a great picture. And for car guys, uh, her, her section on... Uh, Cars and also travel by trains and boats and so forth is extremely interesting. Very cool. That's the first time that book has been recommended here on Cars, yes. So I appreciate that. Something new for our guest recommended book section. And listeners, I'll remind you, you can find links to all these great resources Dana's been so kind to share on the Cars, yeah website at carsyeah.com slash Dana Newquist. And that other section I commented on, guest recommended books, is under the resources tab, where this book and book recommended recommendations by the past 778 guests will be listed there. It's quick, easy clicks to buy. It's an awesome 
resource. Almost a thousand books there for you to look through and find. All right, we're up to the checkered flag, Dana, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one, I'm sorry, I said only one collector car in your garage. I know that might be tough for a guy like you, but money's no object. Today, I'm going to open the big checkbook and buy you whatever you'd like. What would that car be? And more importantly, why? You know, I've I've really um, enjoyed, maybe because of my association with the Mullen Museum, Bugatti, the Bugatti Mark, and I'd probably get or want a... Uh, a Type 57. I thought that was a fantastic, or an Atlantic, you know, all those Bugattis were fantastic. And I just, uh, I see them as being, you know, on top of everything as far as style, yeah. performance. Um, and the, the early pre-war French cars were unbelievable. Oh, yes. So I have, I have a replica Talbo Lago which is called the uh, Talbot, and uh, it's got modern gearing, but it looks exactly like the teardrop. Mm-hmm. So I have something close to that error, but uh, nowhere near the uh, the price tag. Wow. Uh, you picked something quite special. Man, what a work of art. Yeah, that would be really, really nice to have. Wow, what a beautiful car. Well, Dana, you've taken us on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed learning more about you and listening to your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the sunset in that Bugatti Type 57? Use your turn signal. <laughs> pretty simple, pretty direct. And get out of my way. I'm in the left lane, baby. <laughs> Use your turn signals. I love it. <laughs> That's funny. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you, the Antique Automobile Club of America, and, of course, find out about the Montecito Motor Classic and the Father's Day car shows? You, you can go to the website. Uh, Antique Automobile Club is aaca.org, montecitomotorclassic.com. You can go to murphyautomuseum.com and Mullen Car Museum. That's in Oxnard also, you know, and, and I'm somewhat affiliated with the Peterson and the Nethercut. Those are world-class uh, places to go. Absolutely. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything that Dana shared today. Again, on his Cars Yes show notes page, just type Dana. He's the only Dana here on Cars Yeah. It'll be easy to find. But you can add his last name, Newquist, into that search bar and that page will pop right up with all those great links. I would encourage you to check them out if you're going to be in the Santa Barbara area. These car shows are fantastic. The museums are fantastic. And, of course, uh, check out what the uh, the AAC has to offer for you as well. Dana, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Okay, Mark. You take care. Thank you. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered, commercial-grade material, and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, 
You'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage, and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.